What are the odds that Roberto bangs the table again this week? Jeez, man. You guys are missing out. I'm about to start drinking this. You're oh, drinking just, it right now. Shit, that's not so good. Anyway. Are we recording? Anyway. <laughs> about bourbon and the ones who drink it. This is Bourbon Matters. Welcome to Bourbon Matters. I'm Jake. I'm Dan. I'm Roberto. PDL. Uh, today we've got Colonel E.H. Taylor single barrel bourbon. A little bit harder to find than the small batch, which you can sometimes find in a store. This uh, has so far, this is going to be the most difficult whiskey to find that we've tried on the show so far. Yep. We've only done and four. <laughs> that's a fair point. <laughs> and, and by far the most expensive. Yeah. That is expensive. If, well, well, if not if you find it on retail. Yeah. Good Roberto, point. what uh, what have you been drinking this week? Uh, I just had a sip of E.H. Uh, e. Taylor Single Barrel. <laughs> 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 you guys are taking forever to get going. Um what did I drink this week? Actually, this week I had some, you know, I, bullet rye is just my Tuesday, Wednesday whiskey. Mm-hmm. Bullet rye, any night, and it's not bourbon, but hey, it is whiskey. Yeah, the, the best old fashioned. <laughs> oh, it makes so the good. best old fashions. Uh, I had it straight, neat, as, as I like my, my bourbon. So mm-hmm. that, that's what I had. Jake, what about you? Um, I had the Woodford Double Oak. That's right. You were texting me about that, which is oh, that's a good one. That's up there. Yeah, yeah it is. I this was the first bottle I got, and uh, the last one ran out probably six months ago, and uh, I just have been neglecting picking up another one. But yeah, I tried it, and I I forgot how smooth it is. And yeah, just how tasty. Yep. Oh, so good. You guys know me. I like to finish bottles be, or start drinking down bottles you before do I get pound to the next them. one. Well, I don't pound them, but I just like to get one finished before I start digging into the next one. Yeah. So I almost have the American Highway finished off that no we kidding. Uh, started episode oh, yeah. one with. That was so episode one. It's It's been fun because I think it's gotten, I've enjoyed it more now that I've had it a few more times. That's um, kind of like episode one, Phantom Menace. Yeah. Yep. You know, the more you see it, the more you enjoy it. <laughs> Never seen it. <laughs> You're not missing out on anything. You are not missing out. But yeah, no, it's it's about gone. I think I have one pour left and then just enough for the Infinity Bottle and we'll uh, open That'll the be next good one. Ad. Yeah. How many whiskeys in the Infinity Bottle? I think there's a lot. I think it might be 12. I can't remember the count, but it's getting pretty full. We're over three quarters nice. full. So. Any backwash? No. A lot. Yeah. Mainly about 75%. That's normally half, at least half of an Infinity Bottle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gross. All right. Nice. Uh, so we... Uh, would like to thank everyone who provided us feedback. Um, we're going to uh, continue to to look not for, listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we appreciate criticism uh, as long as it's constructive. Um, yeah, we will take any criticism. Did yeah, anyone else's mom make them cry? Right, we're exactly. all thick skinned. Right, exactly. Uh, two of the three, I guess. <laughs> My dad said it made his treadmill run go a lot faster. <laughs> really? Nice. Good. I was like, great. <laughs> That's probably a good thing. Um, but one of the so one of the things that was brought up, I think, by a few different listeners, was that we 
uh, are assuming that everybody knows about bourbon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I'm going to be putting together a, a series of whiskey education. Um, today we'll start with the basics. Can I, can I just say before you start with the basics that with your glasses on, you look exactly like a professor right you now? You are professorial yeah. right now. The, the Nirvana shirt's Nirvana not really, shirt. really following. But he's got a moleskin that he's writing slippers. on. <laughs> next uh, next week, I would need the uh, tweed jacket with yeah. the uh, leather pads on with the With the patches. Yeah. Yeah, yeah nice God. glasses. Yeah. So, yeah, go on, professor. All right. So, uh, today will be Whiskey 101. Uh, so... Some history on whiskey. Um, it was originally uh, developed by farmers who noticed that their leftover grains that either couldn't be sold at market or couldn't be brought to market uh, began to produce um, alcohol as they decomposed, which was similar to fruit like grapes and other other things that they had already been making wine out of. Um, mm. And that the grain producing the alcohol killed bacteria. So adding that to water made the water more drinkable and <laughs> less people died. Wow. You got more drunk, which is kind of That's a That's why I have zero bacteria yeah. in me. <laughs> <laughs> so <Only> probiotics. <laughs> so <Activia>. this... <laughs> <laughs> Not a sponsor. <laughs> Not a sponsor. Maybe they can. <laughs> it's kind of conflicting. It's weird. So this led to the development of beer and brandy, which is the precursor to whiskey. Mm. Um, so later, uh, in like the ancient Greek type era, um, they began experimenting with distillation, just boiling down materials to purify them. Most of the people that were conducting these experiments were religious figures. Um and it was a way to purify materials in order to give uh, sacrifices to the gods in the most purest form of whatever they were distilling. Um, so the changing from a liquid to a gas uncovered the, quote, spirit of the compound, which was said to be the water of life. That's where the spirits come from. Yep. Is that what bourbon means? Water of life. Is that Latin? No. It's probably no. French. But that's... <laughs> Water of life is a a term that's carried through like millennia. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Um, I dated millennia once. She was nice. <laughs> How many dollar bills did it cost to date her? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fair. What song was playing? <laughs> <laughs> Probably some poison or something. <laughs> poor that deaf leopard, pour that sugar on me. I don't know. <laughs> Um, so, so this was carried through, um, by monks up until the late dark ages. And then they discovered that alcohol or that you could distill alcohol and during the distillation process, infuse it with oils from herbs and plants and roots that carried through until Henry VIII split, uh, the British Isles from the Roman church, um, and effectively put all of the catholic monks out of business mm-hmm. uh so they started distilling for the people um among the populace um and everyone's favorite motivator taxation and the effort to avoid it <laughs> was a main driver of distillation innovation uh due to 
the equipment modifications and technique changes to avoid detection by tax collectors. Hmm. Isn't it April 20th in like four months? Man, I don't want to think about taxes. Can we skip that section? (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. So that pretty much brings us up to modern distillation techniques. Okay. Um, So let's get into some of the basics of basics of whiskey. Um, The main components of which there are three are water, yeast, which is a bacteria that converts uh, sugar into alcohol, and grains, uh, which are the main driver of flavor in the spirit. So there's several different grains that are typically used in whiskey. There's corn, which gives a sweet flavor, rye that gives a spicier floral flavor, barley, which gives a fruity and nutty flavor, wheat, which gives a fruity flavor, oats, which give a dry cereal-like flavor, and rice, which is a very light, delicate, and floral flavor. Um, The mash, which you'll hear us talk about. Mash bills. Mash bills. Mash mash. mouth. Oh, that's the smash mouth. Yeah. <laughs> You're thinking of walking on the sun. Oh, I was thinking of the other dumb one. All-star? All-star. All-star. Oh, man. Dango Street were not that great. Tracks, oh, man. I had the original Fushy Mang CD way back in <laughs> middle school. They were not that great. <laughs> um, so the mash is a combination of the water, grains, and yeast that's going to be distilled. The mash bill are the types and amounts of grains used in the mash. So when we ask Dan uh, what percent of rye is in the mash bill, that's what we're referring to. Um, and then there's sour mash, uh, which is transferring some spent mash from a previous distillation into a new batch in order to reduce bacterial growth. And this was actually developed in Kentucky and Tennessee in like the 1800s. Um, because the hot, humid weather was actually promoting too much bacterial growth in their in their mashes, and they figured out that if they dumped some of that alcohol-rich mash from their last dis- distillation, uh, it would kill most of the stuff in the new mash. And thank God they figured that out because now we have Elmer T. Lee. Yep. Yeah. It's a sour mash. Ooh, Jack Daniels. I is love a sour, sour mash. mash. Oh, yeah. I like the sour T. Lee to Jack. Yeah. Way yeah. to bring it down. Um, I'm thankful. Just writing my there's another. Down. There's another Buffalo Trace that's a sour mash too. But I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. Um. So, moving on, uh, distillation process. So step one is the mash is fermented. So you mix your mash, then you let it sit for a certain period of time. Um, that gives the yeast time to eat the sugar and convert it to alcohol. Um, second, you put that mash into a still and boil off the alcohol. Those alcohol vapors escape first and then rise through the still. Then the vapors get captured and directed through an arm or tube to either a second still or a cooling process. Uh, if it goes into a second still, you repeat that boiling to re-distill the alcohol. Um, which gives you a pure end product. Um, if it goes into a cooling unit, it's usually a coiled uh, mm. like copper tube submerged in water, which cools the vapor and liquefies it. Um, and then the alcohol runs out of a spout um, where it's collected. 
so there's three components to that end distillation the heads the hearts and the tails the heads are the first alcohol out of the still this usually contains uh, more alcohol soluble compounds uh, and can be used for blending um, and it has some ester taste which we talked about on mm-hmm. one of the last mm. episodes so esters are compounds they have a fruity flavor in very low concentrations, but in higher concentrations, they start to taste like acetone and plastic. Plastique. Plastique. plastic. Yeah. It's, it's from the French region of Champagne. Yeah. <laughs> Plastique. It's um, like bourbon. Bourbon's French, right? Yeah. Isn't that the French word? Yeah. yeah. It's but like they, plastique. So I, I looked bourbon. at the... Bourbon. There's, there's no clear reason why... They decided to call it bourbon. Interesting. Yeah. There's obviously Bourbon Street in Louisiana and Bur- uh, Bourbon County, Kentucky. Yeah. But they they don't know if either of those contributed to the Interesting. name of the whiskey. I never knew that. Yeah. Probably some moonshiner just really, really hammered when he decided to name it. And that's the sounds <laughs> that came out like, of his mouth. And like most bourbon. things get their names, right? <laughs> Somebody's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> He was trying to say, hey, Dan. Bourbon. <laughs> um, so after the heads come out, uh, the hearts would come. That's the best tasting distillate, and it's the purest. And last is the tails. Um, this is the last portion. Um, it contains heavier alcohols, more water, and unwanted byproducts. This is usually thrown away and completely undrinkable. Is that what they make Stoli out of? Probably. Stoli is pretty undrinkable. What did happen to Stoli? They going bankrupt yet since our last podcast? <laughs> since we tanked them? Yeah. I, I set up a Google alert to see if they were going bankrupt. <laughs> Nothing's happened yet. Um, so once you uh, mix your alcohol, you'll be able to proof it, uh, which means determining the alcohol content. And the term proof actually comes from the East India Trading Company Mm. and you were required to use this contraption to show proof of your alcohol content which had to be above a certain level. So you had to show proof? I didn't know that. Yeah, That's interesting. I'm drinking. I don't know if you guys I jumped the gun. (laughs) I jumped the gun. I need my popcorn. Um, So we'll get into um, bourbon terminology real quick. So Bourbon, as defined in the Federal Standards of Identity and dis- of Distilled Spirits, is produced in the U.S. or territories, at least 51% corn, aged in new charred oak barrels, distilled in nor- no more than 160 proof, which is 80% alcohol by volume. Just for reference, your ABV is half of your proof. Yes. Um, and then uh, it enters into an aging container at less than 125 proof. Um, it has to be bottled at an, a minimum of 80 proof. And interestingly enough, there is no age requirement on bourbon. So it can be six months. It can be... Yep. Wow. Hmm. Maybe that's what However, very old Barton is. Hmm. Well, so straight bourbon has all the same qualifications as bourbon has a minimum of two-year aging, has no added colors, flavors, or other spirits. Anything under four years has to have an age listed. Mm. 
and blends must list the youngest whiskey in in the bottle. Wow. So, interestingly enough, this Taylor will be the fourth straight bourbon whiskey that we've had on the show. <laughs> I like it. Um, basically, what what that boils down to is a straight bourbon is going to be a higher quality product than something just yeah. labeled bourbon. Mm-hmm. I think Stoli is aged like two weeks. Maybe. I don't know. That's why there's no color. That's why it's white. <laughs> it hasn't been aged. So if they age, aged. If they aged vodka longer, would it get a color? Do they even age vodka? I don't know. <laughs> no. Yeah. no. No. Oh, it's, um, then we have Bottled in Bond. Uh, which is produced in one distillation season, which is six months. It's either January to June or uh, July to December. It has to be distilled by one distiller at one distillery. has to be aged at least four years in a federally bonded warehouse under federal supervision, and it has to be bottled at 100 proof. That sounds like Dan. Mm-hmm. Federally bonded under supervision. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> Sounds like a Saturday at night. That's a good Saturday right there. That's our whiskey lesson for the day. It's a good lesson. Nice. I learned something today. I like doing these podcasts. Yeah. I, 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 the most interesting thing to me was that bourbon has no age requirement. Yeah. That is interesting. But it's straight bourbon. Although, if you want to get some color, I would imagine yeah. you just want to keep it a couple of years, right? Yeah. I, Unless you want white dog. I bet if we went over and looked at the bar, most everything would be a Kentucky straight bourbon. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And it's, I mean, as you talk about the bottled and bond, uh, the one we're drinking today is Colonel E.H. Taylor, who was back in the late 1800s, early 1900s. There was a lot of cheap, crappy whiskeys being produced. Uh, and he was kind of one of the drivers of getting the bottle and bond act passed, which Jake just talked about, had all these, uh, criteria they had to meet to have it to be able to be bottled in bond and back then it was kind of hey this is actually a a good well-produced bourbon um because i don't think the fda was was knocking on doors at all back then or even a thing so um colonel taylor that's what the namesake of today's bourbon is uh we're drinking the single barrel uh, which is bottled in bond uh single barrel basically the majority of your whiskeys out there are blended so as the whiskey's aged enough, they take the barrels out of the rec house, they mix them all together, gets a really good blend. You have really consistent flavor. Single barrel, they just put all the barrel into a bottle and they call that that it. So you're going to have variation from from one to another. So um, I think it was Blanton's was actually the first one to yeah. really start selling that as a, as a selling Single point. Single barrel whiskey, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and it's taken off from there. So Taylor, it's a Buffalo Trace product, obviously. Uh it would be in bottled and bond. They don't have an age on it. So all we know is for sure that it's over four years old, yep. uh, but the bottle doesn't say anything about age. The uh, proof is 100. Like Jake said, it's bottled and bond, so it has to be 100 proof. Um, the mash bill on this, it's they don't release the exact mash bill on it. It is Buffalo Trace's mash bill one. Um, if you guys are Buffalo Trace fans, uh, Buffalo Trace itself is made with this mash bill, so is uh, EH, all the E.H. Taylors, Eagle Rare, and then your Stag Juniors and Seniors all come from the mash bill one out of Buffalo Trace. So, oh, so this should be sour mash then? No, Elmer T. Lee is sour mash. That's their. This is their mash bill one is their low rye. Um, mash bill oh, two what is did their you say? 
E.H. Taylor? Uh, E.H. Taylor, Eagle Rare, and Stags. Okay. So I misheard. God, I listened to your whole <laughs> lesson and you don't listen to that one thing I said. I took notes. <laughs> I took notes. I even uh, read your notes earlier too. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the so the, this is the low rye mash build and the next level up is uh, there. They say this, they think there's less than 10% rye. Their next one, they people speculate it's 10 to 15% rye. That's um, a good one. Um, and that's what uh, Taylor fall or um, Elmer falls into. So, Ooh. That's another good whiskey. One of the things, like Jake said early, this is not a bourbon you're going to be able to to walk into a store and normally see too often. Uh, every once in a while, you'll be able to see the Taylor Small Batch. It's allocated out. Um, this one, the MSRP on it is $60. Unless you have a really good connection, uh, you're never really going to see it for $60. Uh, online, it's going for, I've seen three, three fifty dollars going for, uh, which is very high. Luckily enough, uh, one of the stores I go to, I'm not super close with the with the owner there. Uh, he he had this, and I got it for 175, which probably fair based off what we're seeing That's everywhere pretty, else. Pretty fair. You said you actually saw one today too, it's Roberto. Like 190, yeah, yeah. I'd, I've seen them for like 300 online. So yeah. So the price, I thought it was fair enough to get at least to try. Um, findability on this, it's going to be extremely yeah, extremely rare. I mean. You're like I said, you're not going to be able to walk into most stores, even your higher end bourbon stores, and be able to see this sitting everywhere. Um, yeah. So, we'll. I mean, one of the unique things, or one of the nice things, we'll be able to do today is taste it, see if it's worth the 175 price tag on it, or where we think it should fall, um, and if it's if it's worth uh, worth the hunt. Uh, this bourbon did win uh, best at the International Wine and Spirits Competition in 2020. It did win the best bourbon that was there. Scored a 99 out of 100 on a blind taste. Sheesh. Um, so, That's a good bourbon. Yeah. Now, what did Stoli score that day? <laughs> <laughs> with, it, with it being single barrel, this is obviously almost 100% not the exact same bottle that they had. Uh, obviously, Buffalo Trace knows where their best parts of the rickhouse are. It could have been aged a different year. We don't know how old this is. So it's going to not taste the exact same as that. And I'm guessing this is the 2021 release. Uh, not the 2020 release, but does have some pretty pretty high marks. So that's kind yeah. of about the bourbon. So uh, this one's 2021, you said? I'm guessing. I They don't have a year or oh, anything okay, on yeah, it. They yeah. don't have the nice little stamp that some of the yeah. other bottles do that tell you the rickhouse, tell you the batch, tell you all that. It's just a straight tailor. So. Beautiful bottle. Very nice bottle. Yeah. Thanks for bringing it. Yeah, it's, I mean, like, like your other tailors, it's going to have the a cardboard tube that it comes in. I love that tube. Yeah, I wish I could find a use for them because I have about five or six at home. Uh, I don't know. If, I mean, it's, I, I don't know what I can make out of it. But hey, they're I really t- nice. Maybe like a toilet paper roll or something. You know, to put toilet paper around. I turned mine into a holder for my spatulas in my kitchen. Oh, that's a good idea. Did you cut it or just cut the top off? Uh, put some flex seal in to seal coat it, and then raise the put a, oh. some styrofoam in the bottom to raise it up. So yours doesn't say let the label tell the truth. No, you missed that. <laughs> yeah, you missed that, that, yeah. He chopped it off. Should put a picture on Instagram and see what it looks like. I've never seen it. Uh, but yeah, you know, again, this is a really nice bottle. I've, on, I've only tried it once before tonight. You guys talked for 20 minutes, so I've been drinking this. <laughs> I'm like three quarters of the glass in. Uh, so I, I get to uh, taste it before you guys. You know, again, the tube, I love the two is for E.H. Taylor. They're, they're just fun. I, I keep them. I, again, I have... No use for them, but I just keep them. There's good good decoration for the shelves. Um, 
it, you know, the, it's, a, it's a beautiful bottle. I like the toll bottles for bourbon, mm-hmm. you know, like the Kentucky Owls and mm-hmm. E.H. Taylors and, um, you know, a few others that do the, the big toll bottle. I really like those. Um, you know, right off the the shelf, I mean, this the color of this is just pure maple syrup. This is mm-hmm. it's a beautiful color. It's bright reddish. Uh, and the label itself is showing us, you know, how E.H. Taylor changes the, the labels, like the rye is green and mm-hmm. uh, the, the small batch is a little brighter red. And this one's almost like a maroon yeah. uh, label. It's a beautiful label. The, um, without only knowing the age, with just the darkness of the bourbon, you can tell it's got it's decent age. It's got, too, a, it's got some age. It's got some age for sure. Because you're right. You know, we were doing very old Barton like a couple of episodes ago. And that one, you can tell it hasn't been aged. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It's a little light. But yeah, so this one, BIB, you know, bottle in bond, as opposed to Dan, whose ROB is release on bond. <laughs> uh, but this one, this one uh, it's, you know, I, again, I've been already tasting this for the last 20 minutes that we got uh, Professor Jake's lesson, which was really good. I, I'm not criticizing it. That was actually really nice. Um, you can definitely taste the oak. Like I taste oak in this. Mm-hmm. I taste maple. Uh, I taste uh, vanilla for sure. You, know, you get some brown sugar molasses too at some point because mm-hmm. it's got it's a really complex taste. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> there's a lot of notes in here. Yeah, um, I, just just the amount of oak flavor makes me think this is probably like six plus years. The speculation is eight to ten is yeah. kind of what that makes sense because it's. I mean, that's in the bottle. It's like really dark. Yeah. yeah. The leather smell is great, and normally that's a sign that it's you know, it's been aged a little more than two or three years. Um, you know, again, the oak is, is noticeable, and it's spicy. You can tell the rye. A little bit, yeah. What, did, did it say the rye? It's I forget. The, the low rye mash bill, so less than 10% is what's... You can taste the rye spice for sure, You know, again, because that's what will give you a spicy, peppery mm-hmm. flavor, which is really good. Um, you know, I've heard people talk about this. So that they taste tobacco, but I, I, I don't. I've never chewed on tobacco. Maybe maybe you guys have. I haven't. Uh, but I don't taste I don't it. I don't smell that. it. Uh, and then, you know, again, it's very smooth. The first time, just like with any bourbon, the first time you try it, you taste it. It burns, mm-hmm. of course, because mm-hmm. your your palate, your mouth's getting used to it. This is a hundred proof too, so. It's really a good proof. This is the highest proof we've had so far. Yeah, on the th- show. and this I usually stand, stay a little bit higher. I know Roberto, you like ninety. I kind of like the hundreds or just over a hundred. Um, yeah, I don't mind over. I mean, I, I don't mind the higher proof. I just prefer the like the ninety ninety five. Hey, but this, this is a really smooth one hundred. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely really smooth. The finish, it's like you get all the wonderful flavor, and it sits there for a minute, and then you just get a little bit extra at the end. It, it mm-hmm. just kind of stays with you and stays with you. Develop, the, it develops late on the back end too. The burn goes away pretty quick too. Burn goes away, uh, especially after the first or second taste or sip. Mm-hmm. You're, You're just, on your eighth, so. Well, I'm. I just poured another <laughs> one. Actually, this is probably like number seventeen. Um, definitely, you know, don't mix this with ice or any mixers or water. Don't dilute it. Uh, it is such a good bourbon for being high proof at 100 uh it just goes down so smooth this is like if, having dessert if you're hesitant on the the 100 proof i'd say chill it mm-hmm, with like mm-hmm. a, a whiskey steel or like a steel whiskey stone, rocks yeah. or something like that 
Yeah, that'll good, that'll um, kind of dampen that, but you'll still get all that good flavor. Out really don't good don't point. put ice in that and dilute this. It's got way too much flavor to dilute no. it. Out. Don't dilute it with ice. Don't put it on the rocks. Uh, it's just, I mean, one, you know, it's a hundred and two hundred, three hundred dollar bottle of bourbon aftermarket, uh, and if you're putting ice and diluting it, it's I don't know. Well, yeah. So let's opinion. talk about that. So MSRP sixty dollars. If you find it at sixty dollars, it's a it's a no brainer. Yeah. Um, it's really good. I don't see myself paying three hundred for this. No, like, me either. No. With it being harder to find, Roberto, what do you think? If you walked into a store and saw this, so if you saw it for two hundred dollars today, now that you've tried it, is that something you think you'd go back and get, or what? What price point? I do you would buy it for two hundred. Yes, I don't. I would not pay more than two hundred. You know, again, I saw it today for one ninety. I may actually pull the trigger. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't pay more than two hundred. This is not a bottle that I should or anybody really in my opinion should pay more than 200 for no, I might um, <laughs> well Jake Jake also is the one that bought like Buffalo Trace I, I love for $600 or something I love E.H. Taylor yeah so good. I, I mean E.H. Taylor the you know the single barrel the small batch the rye are one of my favorite whiskeys yeah my uh, the first time I tried it at Roberto's was probably the one of the top religious moments of my life that was right right I think we yeah, it was the rye. It was the rye. Yeah, hard to find too. So yeah. good, hard to find. Um, yeah, you know, again, one ninety, two hundred. I would pay. Uh, hard for me to buy something like this for more than that. If if you're real, if you really like bourbon, so if you're getting into bourbon, it's probably not worth the investment. If if you're yes. someone that likes bourbon and, and enjoys some of the different flavors of bourbon a lot, I think that one seventy five, two hundred range is probably about the highest I'd go as well too. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's really good. I don't want to take anything away mm-hmm. from it, but. In terms of what you're spending three hundred dollars for, I, I just don't see the value yeah. worth it at that point. Yeah, I'd, I'd maybe go two fifty. Yeah, well, you have yeah. Like, you have a problem. With I spending know. <laughs> Jake's got a. He's like Jake. Where are you? I'm at I'm at the liquor store. <laughs> Jake, where are you now? I'm still at the liquor store. The the daily text from Jake. Oh, yeah. This is at Benny's. This is here. It's like, it's like, do you work there? Are you the part of the cleaning crew? I checked. They got some stuff in. <laughs> Uh, that's how I started, though. I started when I got into you know bourbon almost three years ago. Shoot, I was out there almost every day looking for bottles. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, again, uh, it's it relatively two hundred dollars. We are like ah, you know, I wouldn't pay. I mean, it's a two hundred dollar bottle of bourbon. It's a really really good bottle. Uh, well, I mean, aftermarket, of course. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's definitely when I kind of look through my top bourbons I've had. It's it's not top five, but it's probably right there, right outside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's really, really good. Now that I've had a few sips of it, it's it's oh, yeah. getting better and better each sip. Honestly, yeah. like sip number five or six, it's when it really, you can appreciate the complexity. Yeah, once, once It's the, like me, Lindsay, you know, it's 17 years later, she can appreciate the complexity. <laughs> <laughs> Both in weight and in personality. <laughs> Plus you make good chili. And I made that was really good chili. Not as good as the bourbon maple chili. Let's that was just, a good yeah. point. Dan made some really good bourbon maple chili with veggies last week. That was great. Yeah. It really was. I could taste the bourbon. What was the proof? <laughs> I'm kidding. It was. Well, it what was did burnt. I even use? Oh, I used a. <laughs> I have a bottle of Stranahan's that's been sitting on the shelf for a while. Ah, nice. So I used some of that. I I saw this article about cooking with bourbon, and it was like, don't use a bourbon that you wouldn't drink. Right. I was like, what? Yeah. Uh, no. It's like it's like it's like when you're gonna make beer brats. You want the skunkiest beer and your beer brats to oh, give yeah. you a flavor. It's right. You go buy yourself a 99 cent 
yeah. silo can, and that's what you make your beer. That's why you know chili and anything with bourbon, you put Jack Daniels in there because it'll give you a really oh, yeah. nice flavor. Yeah, like uh, yeah, I, I made a Jack Daniels teriyaki a few times. Yeah, oh, it's so it gives good. a really nice flavor. Yeah, yeah. if you're going to use vodka, don't use Tolly. Uh, you it, can't cook with vodka. You get you know I've made my chili with Tito's. Tastes really, really good. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there's pastas that benefit from vodka too, like Italian dishes where you Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. vodka sauces. You do out like there. Vodka That's sauces. True. But not with stolies though. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think nothing catches on fire if you <laughs> pour stolies in your pasta. You oh man, that cease and desist letter is gonna come in pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's my goal. My goal is to get this season this letter from Stoli in the mail. Hey, we'll get PR out of it. <laughs> I'll, I'll PR as Unknown PR podcast shits all over Stoli. <laughs> Should be the title of the next season one. Season desist sent. <laughs> That's episode 12. <laughs> episode 12, season desist. All right. So, overall, an unbelievable bottle of bourbon. I agree. Mm-hmm. It's completely agree if, if you if you're at a place and they have tastings of it get it if you're a bourbon guy 175 200 and see it yeah worth the grab mm-hmm. um, you know and, and it's a good tip because what i do well especially when i started getting into bourbon because i didn't really know like the aftermarket like the secondary market prices uh i would just go seriously google the bottle and go shopping or click on shopping and you'll see you know what it's going for and, and then you start getting a good sense for that. But you know, if you if you do that, you're going to find the higher end of the of the bottle prices. So maybe yeah. maybe if you the lowest you find, that's probably what you should be paying. Yeah, you got to be careful because some there's some like uh, groups that seem yeah. to be way overcharging oh, for yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. So you got to find like a sold out retail listing. Yeah, <laughs> and find yep. like. Okay, what's like the middle ground between that yep. and the ridiculous? And then the ones that are just about, eye gouging you, right? And then there's you know. the ones that are out there that are stupid, stupid, stupid cheap, which you know are just oh like counterfeit uh, bourbons. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah. That's a really good point. I you know, I have a uh, our friend Noah in Colorado. You know, he he went online and he bought a bottle. I think it was CHT, and he got a counterfeit, unfortunately, which wow. is a good lesson. Yeah, don't buy them online from a website yeah, you, you don't, don't know. Don't buy from. Non-confirmed sources. Yeah. yeah. I think that was a lesson from last week, too. Yep. Yeah. We got Dan with a non-confirmed source at some point. That's how we became friends with him. <laughs> he came to us from a non-confirmed source somewhere. That's why he's released on Bond. <laughs> <laughs> good bottle. Good bottle, good find. I'm glad I picked it up. I, like I said, they got some stuff at that store. The guy sells for little outrageous prices. Yeah. And this is he the same guy that's trying to sell you senior for George Stag senior for 900? Yeah. 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 Which is yeah. absolutely ridiculous. Which is, it's weird that he's selling the senior stack for nine and then he's selling you this for 175. Yeah. I bet. I haven't checked. I guarantee you that's gone up since they didn't release Stag senior this year. Yeah. So there's no Stag senior this year. So it's that true. thing probably just skyrocketed. Yeah, it's so, true. Um, but no, it's 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 worth a pickup. Um, next week, where do we switch shift into next week, Jake? So next week we're gonna do uh, barrel bourbon. They're a newer distill. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know if they're distilling their own whiskey yet. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not but sure. they're they're known for doing these interesting blends. Yeah, um, they have good blends and out finishing. There. Yeah. So the the one we're gonna try uh, is just their standard straight bourbon. Um, 
and oh, what the hell? We'll try the other one too. <laughs> we'll, we'll open both. <laughs> I can't remember what the other one is. It's it's a it's some kind of wine cask finish at the Armada or something. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we'll yeah we'll try both. Barrel has good bourbon. I've heard the uh, I think it's called the seagrass. The seagrass, yeah, It's supposed to be really good. Wow. Um, I looked for it at Benny's and I couldn't. Because they it. have like five or six different kinds, right? Barrel. Oh, they have a lot, a lot, yeah. and they just have a new black label that comes in a box that's out. Oh, do they? Yeah. So like a silver label, and yeah, yeah, they're putting a lot of stuff out right now. So they had yeah. a they had one in the case at the store that was going for like almost four hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't, I don't know what was special about Interesting. it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's good bourbon. The blue label's great. I mean, that orange You guys label. have the blue, right? No, I, I have I have a different orange label than you have. Yeah, your oh, orange the is other, different. I yeah. forget what you have. Yeah. I, I've, mine's the blue. I think I have the blue. Yeah, I you've forget. got the blue. That'd be the, I think that's a seagrass. Because Dan told me to get the orange, and I picked up the only orange one that I saw, then I <laughs> sent it to him, and he was like, nah, it's the wrong one. Ah, uh, no, that's the, that's the $15. <laughs> Yours is like orange and yellow, where mine's more like white and orange, so. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's all right. I haven't broken into either of those, so it'll be a surprise. That'll be a good surprise. I mean, you guys will be talking. I'll be already drinking. Yeah. You know, I'll be like three quarters of the glass in while you do the news. Well, Zion, that's why I like doing this. <laughs> That's why I like the new section. I learn and I drink. Yeah. Might start taking you up on that next week. I wish my college classes would have been like that. Drink and learn. I mean, mine were. I went to community. I learned so. how to drink. <laughs> <laughs> I was community, so they just had a, had a keg in the corner most times. So That was a good show, community. Great show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, good. Are you going to turn this into a candle when, when you finish the bottle? I'm sure. This would be a good one. Very, that would be a really nice candle to make. That's a lot of wax if you want to uh, put it at the label. I've already made a, <laughs> a small batch into a candle at my neighbor's house. So. Ah. Um. Nice. Good. Thanks for bringing it. Yeah. I don't have one. We haven't done any of my bottles. I like this show. <laughs> <laughs> I, just come to, I just come to the podcast cave and, and drink y'all's bottles of bourbon. All right. So next week we're doing the Pappy uh, Lot B from Roberto's house. <laughs> That's uh, we'll, episode. We'll, we'll, that'll, that'll kill episode three hundred. <laughs> when Stolly would have already canceled us. So yeah. <laughs> and, uh, did we have something lined up after the barrel? Also, um, I thought we say we would break into one of the Weller Twelves. Didn't we say that that we would open a Weller Twelve or something? I'd be down for that. I'll be yeah. in. I'll, there I'll, you go, Robert. To bring that can be my 12. first bottle. Yeah, yeah. I'll bring it. You've got six of them. Well, I used to have six. Yeah. I go. Four. No, I have four. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> In other news, Jake and Dan both have a bottle of Weller 12 now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. All I'm right. excited to go see our whiskey guy tomorrow. Yep. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll find something there yeah. that'll have. So yeah. Sam, Sam the man. Yeah. Fingers crossed he's got something good. So we'll we're gonna see. pitch we're gonna pitch an on site podcast to him to see see yeah. how it goes. Yeah, we do wanna so, yeah, next week we'll we'll talk a little bit about Sam too because we've mentioned him in every episode. And yeah, no one knows who he is. <laughs> he's, he's probably okay with that. He's the, like oh, the best advice with uh, we find your own Sam. So f- go to a liquor store that you that you like and trust mm-hmm. that has some good selection. Spend some time getting to know the owner. Buy some stuff off the shelf. Buy some ask for recommendations. Oh yeah, um, so yeah just talk chat to him. him. Up. Yeah, best way to get in and then is the more and more you're there and the more and more you frequent the more and more they'll uh 
help you out a little bit with some of the harder to find okay. stuff. So let the key is letting them know that you're drinking it. Yeah. yeah. And that you're, you're not you're trying not to selling flip it, it on eBay. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're not selling it after. Yeah. And if you, if the only liquor store near you is a big chain, go to their customer service desk and ask to be put on their allocations list. And they yeah. will. But, you but before you do that, that, ask them for some recommendations and then go grab a couple of their recommendations and then yeah. see how you can get. It's, it's a lot of these stores. It's the more, it's not necessarily about the, how much you buy. It's how much they see you there and yeah. how much they talk to you. And yeah. I, that's yeah. the relationship to them is a lot more important. Than, it's a lot more of a loyalty people, program right. than right. And they appreciate else. people that you know are actually looking for a good bourbon, regardless yeah. if it's in the case or in the back or on the shelf. Yeah. Yep. That's how Sam is. Well, I mean, Sam won't show you the, the back unless, you know, you build a relationship with him. Yep. Nice. All right. Well, we'll have a little run tomorrow to get some restock. I only said two nices today. Nice. That, yeah, just, that was like number three, I think. <laughs> Okay, sorry. Find some find some more uh, <laughs> stuff to add. Roberto, you're down to 200 and some bottles, so we probably get, better get that number jacked I up know. Tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be expensive. Those are rookie numbers. <laughs> Those are rookie numbers, yeah. <laughs> tomorrow's going to be expensive. Maybe it'll be 300 by tomorrow. Yeah. Dan's <laughs> barely broken double digits. I'm in the low 30s. That's, That's pretty you, good. Have, you, you have some of yours hidden, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. All the backup bottles are hidden. and Yeah. Well, you have have, I don't have a lot of space. That's the problem. That's where we got to go yeah, and look yeah, at a yeah. new bar tomorrow. So that's why we got to rip that bedroom apart. I know. <laughs> make you a bourbon room. <laughs> Who needs two bedrooms? <laughs> Who needs a guest bedroom? Make it a bourbon room. You say that, and then eventually you're going to be over. And you're going to drink too much <laughs> bourbon, and you're going to need somewhere to sleep. And I'll be like, put the tent in the back. Yeah. <laughs> put the, put tent in the backyard. Uh, don't touch it, Don. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not touching that. Um, <laughs> All right. I think that's night. a good time to end the episode. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, All right. cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers, everyone.